Hey, it's Granger Smith. This is the Granger Smith Podcast, Episode 3. I want to kind of continue on what I started in Episode 1 and Episode 2, continue down the timeline, and that brings me to a subject that's very important to me and who I am, songwriting. Here's how all that started, Episode 3. Sturgis, South Dakota. That's where I am. Have you heard of it? Maybe because of Mount Rushmore's right down the road, or maybe because of the huge biker rally, which is why we're here today. Not because I'm a biker, but because I'm here playing music. It seems like I always get to go to every town's coolest event, and that's why I love my job. How could you not? We get to go to your town when she's got her best dress on. But of course, it wasn't always that way. It all started me and my guitar in my room at home with nobody listening, and I was needing to tell a story, and I had a means to tell it through six strings and a few chords that I knew. What happened after that was life-changing for me. Songwriting provided an outlet for me to get out some emotions that I didn't want to talk about, or maybe I didn't know how to talk about. And then later I come to find out that those songs, those ideas, would connect with other people, and that feeling made it worth it. It made me want to dig deeper. And that's what I'll talk about on episode three. All right, I'm pulling up the trusty Wikipedia right now. Sturgis is a city in Meade County, South Dakota. Population 6,627. Sturgis is notable as a location of one of the largest motorcycle events in the world, which is held annually on the second full week of August. Motorcycle enthusiasts from around the world flock to this town during the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. We just pulled in. It's early morning, and... First of all, amazing foothills surrounding this place. Beautiful town. Uh, green pine trees, which is a refreshing sight because we haven't seen a single tree in the rest of the state of South Dakota as we've been driving through it this morning. It's the month of August, but it is 65 degrees outside. That's pretty awesome. At home right now, it's 91, to put it in perspective, in Texas. So it feels good. It feels like a nice October day. Everywhere you look right now, it's motorcycles and black leather. I've never seen so many in my life. Uh, I'm not a biker. Maybe I will be if I'm 60 years old and retired and looking for a hobby. I, I could see the appeal of it. It's a big old loud beast of a machine. You're all wrapped up on it, hugging a windy two-lane road, sunglasses and leather jacket. The breeze in your face, beautiful countryside all around you. You stop at a little cafe, grab an ice cold draft beer. All the while, Leonard Skinner is your theme music. I keep yeah, it sounds like a pretty good time. How did music get me here? I've asked that question in some crazy places all around the world. I remember thinking that in a Black Hawk helicopter, a couple thousand feet above Baghdad in Iraq. And that's what I'm thinking right now in Sturgis at a biker rally. How did my music get me to a biker rally? And I don't know all the workings of it, but I'm just glad that it did. If I was going to narrow down anything, pinpoint anything of where things began, in music, it's a no-brainer. Everything starts with the song. And there was a time when I had to start writing them. And that's what I want to talk about in this podcast. The very first ones. The awkward, left-footed, very vulnerable first ones. And here's one of them right here. I found this old cassette. This is me playing one of the first songs I ever wrote. Please don't judge. I'm just a teenager. In a small cafe off 22, 
I asked a trucker what I should do Said I need a place where I could settle down He looked at me with a tired grin Said if I could do it all over again I'd be heading south without looking back Cause I've been on the road from coast to coast And there's one place I love the most If you ask me for all it's worth There ain't nothing done on earth it is in Texas. So, of course, I was too young to actually go coast to coast. I hadn't done that. And I didn't ask any trucker uh, life advice. But there was an old cafe on Highway 22 that I loved to eat at. But what ended up happening was that song called As It Is in Texas, plus nine others, made my first ten. And I went in and recorded them in a cheap little studio in Wiley, Texas. I made this album called Waiting on Forever. You can still find it. It's, it's out there on the Internet. Me, white cowboy hat button-up shirt, look like a baby. I look like I was 12, and I wasn't too far from 12. But that studio album, that first album for me, was so important. And I didn't know it at the time, but it got into the hands of some people that ultimately started a chain of events that took me to this place called Nashville, Tennessee. This is what it sounds like on the streets of Sturgis, South Dakota right now. Let's turn that off. So Sturgis is crazy today. I've never seen anything like this. Thousands of motorcycles out here in the street. Uh, I mean, it's like a bunch of fire ants going everywhere. And uh, it's, it's chaotic. This is a, a time when I really feel thankful to be in the back of my nice, quiet bus making this podcast for you guys. So... Guess what happened to that album, Waiting on Forever? It somehow, through somebody, through some friend of a friend, it ends up on Leanne Womack's bus. You remember Leanne Womack? I hope you yeah, of course you do. She's amazing. So her bass player, his name is Brett Beavers, and he is a producer, writer, musician, and he has written a song at this point for Daryl Dodd called On Earth As It Is In Texas. Somehow my CD is up on their bus and it's face down. He's looking at the back. He's looking at the track list and he sees that song as it is in Texas. And he says, hey, that's the same title as my song. So he plays it. And I guess he heard something. He heard some kind of potential. So he finds out how to get in touch with me. This is when things started changing big time. Take a shot if you want to try it. Just missed a call from Chris, my tour manager. I'm going to call him back because I think he's out there in the street right now. Hey, buddy. Hey, did you call? Yeah, man. Hey, um, I don't know if you've been over here to Main Street, dude, but this is really, really cool. I, I think you'd regret not seeing this. What's up? What's over there? It's just this thousands of motorcycles all parked, and there's bars, tattoo shops. It's really, really cool. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll head over there and meet you and see what's up. i tell you what, we'll walk back towards you. We'll meet you uh, at that intersection there at the front of the venue. Okay. I'll see you in a second. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So I'll go brave the thousands of motorcycles and uh, report back in.
So Brett Beaver sat down with us, me and my family, and he said, hey, I heard every song on this album, and I think you guys should start considering Granger writing songs for a publishing company in Nashville. We hadn't thought about this before. This is the first. I didn't even know what publishing companies were. But there's companies in Nashville that will pay you to write songs, and then they pitch it to other artists. Now, sometimes if you're an artist yourself, especially a young artist like me, they can kind of groom you and prepare you to get a record deal one day and then they own publishing on your songs. That's how that works. So by now, I'm at Texas A&M University. I'm a freshman in the Corps of Cadets. So my life is already crazy. My lack of life actually is pretty crazy. But I have a band and we're playing a lot of these original songs. So the next logical step is for somebody from Nashville to fly down to Little College Station, Texas and hear me play with my band. So that's exactly what happened. I had a couple of really cool publishing companies fly down from Nashville, had some of their executives come, and they would come to this bar. It's called Shadow Canyon. And we would pack it out just because we knew everybody, and and it was a big party. And, you know, for some reason, they really liked what they saw, and they really wanted to offer me a publishing deal. So at this point, I'm 19, maybe almost 20 years old, and I have to make a decision. I have to not only choose one of these companies... But I have to decide if I'm going to leave college and go to write songs, something so unorthodox, in a state that I've never been to. I I don't know anybody. It's a huge risk. And I've got to make the decision right now. Meanwhile, in Sturgis, South Dakota, I just made another decision right now. And that was to get a tattoo. I'm at a biker rally And I'm with my band, and there's tattoo shops everywhere. And I thought, when in Sturgis? So I got a Texas tattoo, the outline of Texas on my right arm. I did, just now. And Chris was right. It's it's total insanity out there. I've never seen so many bikes in my life. And I'm glad to be back on the bus again. There's now bands playing in the background on the stage that we're sitting next to. So I apologize if that bleeds through the mic onto the podcast, but... That's it's all part of the, uh, the experience today, right? I'm realizing as I'm telling some of these older stories that I'm leaving a lot of gaps. There's, some, there's a couple gaps in the timeline, but I don't want to tell everything. I don't want to tell every detail because I, I want to have stuff to talk about in the future, right? So by now I'm a sophomore at Texas A&M. It's December, and I've made a decision I'm going to finish out my sophomore year, and I'm going to leave after spring semester, move to Nashville. I'm going to sign with EMI Music Publishing, pack everything I have, which wasn't much, and start a life as a songwriter, at least to see what it is. I have amazing parents, and they, they provided me with the greatest gift you can give a child, and that was the freedom to dream. They did not hold me back. I think they saw it in my eyes. They saw... They saw that, A, this was a rare opportunity to sign with a big publishing company. And B, I'm 20 years old. And I'm only going to get this chance once, now, before life starts. So I found an apartment, moved my stuff in. My mom came with me. She kind of helped me get settled in a little bit. And on July 3rd, I'll never forget the day, she left and I officially became a Nashville resident. Quick sponsor break. I want to talk about Yee Yee Energy. And that's because it's my only sponsor. 
And not sponsored by money. It's sponsored by love because it's my family, me and my brothers. It's our drink. And it's kind of a passion project, I guess you could say. But I really do love this thing because we made this from scratch. And I'm very proud of it. We created the recipe according to what we like. We made this camo can. We made a box that has a target on it. So if you like to shoot guns like I do, and you like to drink Yee Yee Energy like I do, you just flip that little four-pack box over and use it as target practice. Now, we're in a lot of mom-and-pop stores all across the country. We're on Amazon. We're not working on a big distribution deal yet. I'm not sure if we want to go that route quite yet because it's, it's very close to me, and I don't want to lose that kind of control. But I want you to try it. So go to grangersmith.com or yeeyeenergy.com and get you one. See what you think. Have you ever moved to a city by yourself when you didn't know anyone, not only in the city, but in the entire state? Well, that was me, 20 years old, Nashville, Tennessee. The only people I knew were just a couple people over at EMI Publishing that signed me to that job. But you know, if I was going to leave Texas and do this, I was all in. I wanted to learn the craft. And I wanted to immediately start writing with as many people as I could, especially some of the older guys that had big old hits on the radio. Because if I could learn from them, and I didn't even have to get a great song with them, but if I could just get in the room with them and learn their process, then that was going to be something I could take with me forever. So a lot of those George Strait songs that I grew up listening to, I found those writers. And I got in the room with those guys, and I said, tell me the story of how you wrote that song. And sometimes we would... We would intend to write a song together that day, but I'd, I would get so caught up in asking them questions and then listening to their stories that uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't get anything. But that was a, still a successful day for me. So a typical morning would be I, I would have an appointment at 10 a.m., and EMI would set these appointments up for me, these co-writes. And sometimes I didn't even know who the person was until I walked in at 10 a.m. We would shake hands, I'd grab a cup of coffee, and I would usually start by playing a few things that I'd written to, to let them know um, who I was and, and what I was all about. And then we would, we would dive in. They would say, well, uh, have you ever thought about something like this? And they would play something, and I would say, I love that. Let's try to write that song. And you know, we did. We, we got a lot of cool things. But I wasn't writing Granger songs. I was writing songs that they thought should be Granger songs. So I was learning the craft, and I was thankful for that, but I hadn't yet found my niche. I hadn't yet found what I needed to say to feel something yet. That was about to change. So I'm laying in bed one night, can't sleep. I've got got this lonely feeling to me, heartsick from being gone from Texas for so long, looking around the room at the alarm clock, and these lines start coming to me. I can't fall I can't fall asleep tonight. I don't remember the bedroom bedroom ever ever being this bright bright. from just the alarm clock light. light. It feels like a song about me now. It feels so cold at the end of the sheets. I'll stay warm as long as as I don't move my feet feet. over where yours used to be. Sometimes I close my eyes and you're not gone I hold you tight and kiss you all night long And then I found my hook, Dream On
ocean stirred. Funny how this bed has seen it all. And now it's just here. And now it's just here. To dream on. To dream on. And I had a song now that I wrote in about 30 minutes that felt better than anything I had written with these professional writers. And by better, I mean more like me. It was my story. It was, it was the first time I ever felt like a real songwriter. Because I had told a story that meant something. That had some kind of emotion. It wasn't just rhymes and chords. There's a difference, right? Well, now I knew there was. And I was so homesick from Texas and, and all my friends and my family and being away from them for so long. And then I was able to channel that emotion into a song. So after five years of writing songs, I felt like Dream On was my first one. My first real song. I'd written a hundred songs before that, but this was my first real one. And nothing ever happened with Dream On. It, that wasn't the point. No one ever even heard it. But it was a snapshot of my emotion that night. In bed, couldn't sleep, lonely as hell from being gone from Texas. And that's what mattered. That's what made it a real song. As opposed to a couple guys in a room drinking coffee, thinking about what's popular on the radio. So I go on a mission to write more songs like Dream On. And it's way harder than I thought. But it's funny how one song changed the entire way that I approached songwriting. It ultimately set me on a path that then moved me back to Texas, where I started a band, wrote more songs, and then found fans to connect with those songs. But that's another story for another podcast. I got a crowd I need to connect with tonight in Sturgis, South Dakota, and they're ready to rock. I'm going to get dressed and go do my thing. This is Granger Smith. Thanks for listening to episode three. It happens like that. Out of the blue sky, lost in her blue eyes. Yeah, when it happens like that, nothing to lose turns right into you. Do it all you can do just to keep her around till the moon goes down in her back at your house. One thing leads to another. You loving each other when looking, you never look back. It happens like that. This podcast is brought to you by Yee Yee Energy. Come find us on tour, grangersmith.com forward slash tour. See you down the road.